Why did I forget English? <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says once you're voted out, you're gone for good. Right? Unless. Right? The only podcast that gets close to snapping Johnny Fairplay's neck like a baby bird. <laughs> I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared? Why are you so angry at Johnny Fairplay? We, we have, what, seven episodes now of evidence about that? <laughs> Jared, just so upset at Johnny Fairplay all the time. Not upset. He's but, interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. I gave his credit last episode. He's a strong personality. He's trying to win. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And clearly he's doing something. He's still in this game. Yeah. Somehow still in this game. Wild. <laughs> it really does answer the age-old question, which is not an age-old question. It's one I'm making up right now. Would you rather have someone that is chaotic evil that you can work with or somebody that is true neutral who has been against you, but you might be able to have them on your side sometimes? I don't know. I know. And the thing with Survivor is you're not supposed to know. You're not supposed to know. Yeah. How's it going? It's been a couple days since I've seen you. We have D&D today. I'm excited. We're starting a new campaign. Dean Donuts. Dungeons and Daddies. Dent. I'm sure that's a thing somewhere. It's another podcast. Oh, okay. Yep. I've like, listened to them, but... Somewhere, someone had to have done that. It's a D&D actual play podcast. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. Are there We're... actual dads in the podcast? I like, think they're all dads. Do, like, are the characters dads or are the people playing dads? I don't know. Well, then you have failed me. I'd get in line. <laughs> I don't have any stake in the matter. I'm just curious. Do you have vegetables in the matter? I have carrots in the fridge. This is nothing. Cool. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that aren't nothing, emails! If you want to email us, feel free to do so. Send us an email, survivortbt at gmail.com, or you can message us on Reddit, u slash survivortbt. Per Jared's request, we're, we're ditching our ex. I, I cannot <laughs> believe he's committed to naming it that. Yeah. It blows my mind. Despite everyone telling him it's a bad idea, he's gonna do it. It's going to be studied in, like, marketing classes about how to just delete brand recognition overnight. <laughs> We're gone. Uh, jumping into emails, our first from Josh. This is an episode that I started to read. I don't know how you edited it, but I started to read this. I, and I'm I like, edited out. You can, you can. Okay, well, I'm going to say it anyway, because I almost screwed up real bad, and then I didn't. So, Josh says, as we said in our last episode, happy one-year anniversary, I have no proof either way about the kidnapping, though I do agree with you. And this is the part where I trailed off because I'm like, oh! Uh-huh. However, considering that there's a ton of proof that the outcasts were not planned, I think it's fair to assume uh-huh. it was not pre-planned, the kidnapping. Okay. So we'll get into that I'm in a inter- second. It feels like it was planned, so I'm interested to hear what the evidence is that mm-hmm. it wasn't planned. Yes. So Jeff gets a lot more blatant with trying to shape the narrative on the previously on as the show goes on. Correct. Yes. So, there you go. That was the part that I almost screwed up for Jared. Honestly, you I think I edited it out, but you said the word outcast. I, I did. Just, I thought it was just a future season. I did. I said it, because it does say that, because the fact that they titled themselves outcasts 
made it far more passable for me to be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Also from Josh, this is our an email on the rank of Palooza. Okay. So we got lots of information here. For winners based purely on gameplay, I'd go Tina, Brian, Hatch, Vesepia, Jenna, Ethan. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to put Tina higher, mm-hmm. but we didn't get to see any of her gameplay. Sure. So I'm, yeah. That was just one where I was like, I didn't see anything that impressive, so I kind of have to go with the information I have. Yeah. Ethan's win is extremely lucky, and I'd have him on the bottom for a long time. Uh-huh. Also, Big Tom probably beats Ethan in a jury vote, which is insane to me, but yeah, you're probably right. Maybe. He, for as problematic as he is, he's very charismatic. I can't imagine he'd do well in a final tribal. <laughs> Although Ethan had, uh, famously, I think, one of the worst final tribals of any of them so far. So. Sure. Ethan and Jenna both got lucky that their alliance gets blown up because they lose to all their alliance mates. I don't agree with that with Jenna. I don't think she loses to Heidi. I do. Really? Yeah. Okay. I also don't know if she would lose to Alex. Really? I, I, yeah, I don't. I think that they had pretty similar games up till that point, so you'd have to see kind of how the game finished out for him. Okay. But... Yeah, I, I, she loses to Rob. I mean, I think everybody loses to Rob. Sure. And I think she loses to Dina. Okay. <laughs> I do think it gets kind of forgotten that Richard almost gets voted out three separate times. <laughs> he also massively benefits from production never planning for a tie vote, which is fair. That's wild. Brian pretty much perfects Hatch's original game plan. Kind of. <laughs> Vesepia is significantly better player than Sean. I, I don't know that I agree with that, but I also know that we saw a lot more of Sean, so I'm willing to leave that as a possibly. I think she's better at the the social manipulation versus just like outright saying what you're going to do and then hoping that someone doesn't get tired of the thing that you're doing. Yeah, that's fair. And Sean does not always know when to back off. Yeah. I think they have different strengths and weaknesses. I agree. It's such in Survivor, sometimes... Your strength one season will be an a absolute weakness. detriment in another season. Mm-hmm. People always complain that the only reason winners like Brian win is because their competition is dumb. However, the that only happened because they are able to get out the stronger players early. Pastor John and Peter Harkey were not voted out first because they were weird, which is incidental, but because they tried to take leadership positions that threatened Brian and Boston Rob. Brian would not let Vesepia go that far. I don't know about that with Pastor John, since we heard a bunch of stuff afterwards that it was because he had been creepy to the women. Mm Because, like, I don't know. I feel like Pastor John wasn't the biggest threat on the tribe to Brian. I think if there's any vote that you're like, I'm not going to live with this person for a long time. It's the first vote. It's the first vote. I'd agree with that on, like, second and third votes, although their second vote was just somebody who was violently ill. So... (laughs) (laughs) And here's the, here's the biggest jab. The idea that Tina only wins because of her season is kind of stupid. Every winner is helped by their situation. Of course. Hatch probably loses every season after his first. We'll see. Ethan is massively <laughs> helped by the harsh climate. Jenna's very lucky to be in a season of, with a super fan and so on. Yeah, you never know. You also have to remember Jenna had a disadvantage in that she showed up being like, okay, cool, I'm going to try to manipulate men to get a strong alliance and then got told she was on a tribe of all women and had to go 
fuck. Okay, time to pivot. Fucking brilliant, though. Yeah, I, I, Tina is the is the anomaly to me because, and I'm excited to see how she does in All Stars mm-hmm. because we get told over and over again that she's a strategist and that she's super smart, mm-hmm. but all we see is Colby and Keith. Sure. So I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just have no way of being able to grade it. Yeah, and then he goes on to attach. His ranked tier list of first boots, and it is wow. the entirety of first boots. Oh my god. So, I can't obviously show you this, right? but I appreciate the dedication, and just seeing the ones that we've seen so far, yeah, I like it. I like all of it. I think it's fun. So thank you. Do you have any first boots that you're curious on where they land on this? If there's any that are, like, way outside where we put them, I know we only had seven instead of 40, but, like, ones that... if is, How close is our order to uh, to theirs? He put Peter at an A. Okay. So S-A-B-C-D-F. Sure. I do think Peter went home because he was weird, but... <laughs> <laughs> also, Sonia's at an A? So yeah. Did, did we put Sonia as our winner? No, uh, it was Nicole. Nicole's our winner, that's right. Okay. Deb is a C? Yeah. Yeah. Just combing through this. That's about all I feel the need to say. Well, we also played a hypothetical season of we seven did. of them. It, yeah. We're not ranking them based on <laughs> how great they are, which is a different from that tier list. So all, all in all, thank you for all that. That's great stuff, Josh. And then finally from Carl, Carl sent the Rankapalooza email. Hey, this was a super fun episode. Never wanted to be in the podcast room more than Aww. while I was listening to this one. Thank you. I'll try to keep my thoughts and opinions brief, but no promises. And then I look at the email. <laughs> it's not. This reminds me of, so at the end of Romeo and Juliet, the friar uh, is being questioned by the prince. It's my favorite thing in all of Shakespeare. He goes, I will be brief. And then he has a three page monologue <laughs> or something like that. And it's like, my brother in Christ. I will be brief. <laughs> Before I give any thoughts, I want to ask, is this something you're going to be updating with passing seasons or just something you'll do as a bonus episode every now and again? I mean, I wouldn't update everything every season, but yeah. maybe the idols, tribal council sets, winners, up to you. It's something we haven't talked about. This yeah. is something we could come back to every 200 or every 100 episodes and then like add on and then maybe rank a new thing. That'd be fun. Or we just leave them as definitive as where they are and then go on and do something else. I think we should update it. I'm, I don't know how often. It could be once every 100 episodes. It could also be, I don't know the season's moving forward but like Mm -hmm. all stars seems like a pretty obvious break yeah and then i don't know what the next like obvious break would be like when there's a a big like shift but we could do it like every kind of like shift in survivor who knows yeah i don't know i'm i'm we will do something fun at on our second anniversary i don't know what it is yet we got a year to figure it out that's true (laughs) notes the early season idols are pretty mediocre when you look at them on the whole to be honest I agree with your opinions here, though, except for Jared's appalling Pearl Islands take, of course. Yeah, well, Jared doesn't like that one. You thought Jenna had a bad social game. To me, that's the main reason she won. She didn't have a killer strategy, but she got to the end and the jury was like, hey, our friend's here. Cool. Yeah, I think her social game was pretty good. And we have to remember she won six to one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and And I don't think Matt is the goatiest goat of all time. Like, he's definitely no. not... Like, here. here's the thing. Who should get more votes in a final tribal? Matt or Clay? Matt, by a, a long shot. Who got more votes, Matt or Clay? Unfortunately, Clay did. Yeah! <laughs> but that is also a take of how appalling Brian was. True. So, I don't know. 
I'm mm. trying to think if there was any bigger goats. Like, who would who would be, do better on a final tribal, Matt or Keith? Probably Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I actually think Ethan is a fitting last place in terms of pure strategy, which I don't really care much about personally, but that's basically what the rank, this ranking winner's conversation's about. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. From a TV perspective, though, he's far and away the best person that could have won Africa. Oh, so totally. He's very mm-hmm. likable. Yes. Oh, 100%. Steven, you said at one point, I don't want to sound like a Brian apologist, and I feel like I let off about six emails with those exact words. <laughs> you are correct, and I apologize for stealing your bit. But I think that I would actually put Vesepia ahead of Brian. Oh. They're very close to me, but essentially yeah. it comes down to, I think it's harder to vote her off at any point in the game, because I think even the right cast would have a hard time seeing how crafty she is. I agree. Okay. But we can't go back and change it, no. not till next year. No. I disagree that Brian was surrounded by bad players, but yada yada yada, we've been here before. Yeah. We're nowhere close in our tribe rankings, in my opinion. <laughs> Love it. I don't have an exact list, but I would do it almost entirely off entertainment value, which Fair. is valid. Which would lead me to put Sam Buru near the top of my list. <laughs> I'm a sucker for petty survivor conflict, and their whole is so much greater than the sum of their parts. I'm... I just... I can't do generational bickering. Mm -hmm. I just can't. Like, it's a tale as old as time. When you hear your fucking, like, uncle being like, oh, kids these days got no attention span, just, like, go look up when people were printing, like, op-eds in newspapers being like, the printing press has gotten too readily available, and now kids are reading books all the time, and they're losing all these old-fashioned skills, and that's, like, the fucking 1500s. Yeah. Books will destroy the the youth. TV will destroy the youth. Video games will destroy the youth. Here we are. Here we What's are. What's next? Uh, I mean, phones. Virtual been... reality will destroy the youths. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> I would probably put Rotu at the bottom, despite having Kathy and Zoe for sheer boredom. I, I agree. That tribe is boring as fuck. Right next to Morgan, and probably... Drake number one, awesome characters plus petty conflict yeah. equals good tribe. Chewy Gun would be low, but not last because Jan and Clay make me laugh at Helen's. They great. do. I just like it. That's personal to me. That like the bot, like that event is so egregious. It sucks the fun out of the tribe for yeah. me a lot of the time. Yeah. Also, I would have Toggy High. I don't think I ever mentioned it because I wasn't emailing during Borneo. But the number one biggest disagreement I've had with you guys is still Dr. Sean. I fucking love him. <laughs> he makes me laugh much more than any other person in Borneo outside of Rudy. I mean, correct. I I spent most of the season dogging Sean for fun, but he's a bad Survivor player. Much of it unintentionally, but that just makes me love him more. <laughs> Bowling alley, Super Pole, his dad on the ship, sounding like Jerry Seinfeld, all hearts. All hearts. I fucking, I forgot about the Bowling alley. Super Bowl! <laughs> I remember the Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl's great. I just love how just saying the name Peter Harkey makes you crack up every time. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, he would far and away be my number one first boot so far. Off memorability alone. Put his picture next to BB, please. Okay. <laughs> Don't put Jared up to this, because he's going to do it. You read it out loud, and now it will be done. Uh, to be fair, Marquesa's Tribal Council set was built by a local woodworking school. We said that before. But yeah, it's stiff competition. It's, like I said, it's one of those where it's accurate to the region. Yeah. It just is barren. It's just, yeah, it's just boring. Yeah. And finally, 
like Jared's best episodes list, although ours would be probably quite different, and I sprung this on him, so he kind of did that on the fly, I would have the Coconut Chop episode in there for sure, as well as the Redacted Falls in the Fire episode. <laughs> redacted? I'm going to call him Redacted for the rest of time. <laughs> probably also the game vote off from Marquesas. So dark and has huge implications for the future of Survivor. The or future of the season. The Gretchen boot in Borneo sticks out, as yeah. do the Borneo and Marquesas finales. Yeah, I didn't do finales, yeah. but yeah. Amazon probably has the best premiere, and the Dina Alex Christie boots are a stellar three-episode stretch. True. Other than the first three I mentioned, I don't know what else would make the top five, but probably those two of those. The chain. The, we will never break the chain. Good stuff. So thank you. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, anybody else who wants to email in or will email in by the next episode. Let's get into our episode, shall we, Jared? Ah, we shall. Bubber! Alright, so this episode came out on October 30th of 2003. Pulled a couple of things from the Week Machine episodes. I did want to bring up Stephen last week. We were like, wow, Kill Bill and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what a bloody top five. And then I realized it's Halloween. Ah. It's the end of October. That'll do it. Yep. So, Walt Disney Concert Hall opens in L.A. So the big concert hall in L.A. opens in 2003. I've never been to L.A. Me either. It's on my list of places I gotta go. Yeah. I have friends I want to visit out there. It's also not, like, the top of my list. Because I get big city. It's a different kind of big city, which is fun. But just traffic and nightmare getting around. There's very few things about L.A. that I've heard Mm -hmm. that make me want to be there. Sure. But I have some friends I want to visit. And, like, literally, it's the weather. It's, like, the weather and my friends. And that's pretty much it. Also, the strikes makes me not want to go there. Well, sure. I mean, the town is more than just Hollywood. I'm aware, but... (laughs) There are things that I'd be like, oh, I really want to do that because I don't know when I'm going to get back here. And then I'd be like, I'm morally conflicted. I'm giving money to people who may not be supporting. Doesn't matter. Anyway, the next thing, uh, the Cedar Fire, the second largest fire in California history, kills 15 people, consumes 250,000 acres, and destroys 2,200 homes around San Diego. Luckily, California, no more problems with wildfires anymore. Yeah, you fixed it once and then it's gone. It's totally fine. (laughs) I wonder when it was the second largest fire in California history. Like, at what time? At that time or now? I don't know. I don't know. And then this one. This is really fun. Stephen Schwartz musical Wicked, a retelling of The Wizard of Oz from the Wicked Witch of the West point of view, opens in New York City. Hmm. So, think about that, Stephen. Mm-hmm. We are in season seven of Survivor. Wicked is still on Broadway. Correct. That's fucking nuts, it man. It needs to close. What? It needs to close. It won't. It needs to. <laughs> it will not. If Phantom will close, Wicked will close eventually. Yeah, eventually. Wick- Phantom had been running since the 70s. Okay. So that means we would have this... That means Wicked will close in the in the 2050s at this rate. I hate that. Yeah. So d- here's my take on Broadway. I, I love Broadway. I love shows. Part of me wants to put a cap on how long a show can run for on Broadway. Because mm. it stifles new shows from coming and taking those theaters. Counterpoint. Okay. Because, listen, I'm, I will rant and rave all day long about the problems of the corporatization of Broadway. Yeah. Not on this podcast, because that's not why we're here. Correct. 
We'll get on Harper's podcast and do that. <laughs> but people that aren't like you and me, i.e. immersed in the industry, that gets them to Broadway in the first place. Yeah. And then they might see something else while they're there. Sure. If you put a cap on... If you kick out the shows that get people there in the first place, mm-hmm. you might be hurting all of the other shows around there. I mean, hell, I went and saw Leopoldstadt because I missed the lottery or the, uh, what is it, Broadway Roulette mm-hmm. and got stuck with Chicago. And I saw Chicago and I liked Chicago. Mm-hmm. But even me as a devout theater person like played that. And I was like, I'll go see that show, but I want to see something else I kind of want to, I definitely want to see. Right. So you skipped going to the long-running show and went to something new and interesting. I saw both. Okay. So, like, the flip side of that would be somebody who's not immersed in the industry saying, maybe playing the roulette or playing lottery or whatever, or paying to go see Wicked up Mm -hmm. front, and being like, oh, we have another day. Do you want to go see another show? Oh, this one's next door and tickets aren't that expensive. Let's give it a shot. I get what you're saying. I never thought I would be defending shows lasting on Broadway forever to you. I, okay, if they want to tour for the rest of eternity, fine. But you have a limited amount of space on those Broadway shows. But the only thing that redeems it for me is that Wicked did not win the Tony and will forever not be the Tony Award Best Musical that year. Yeah, it was Avenue Q, wasn't it? Was it was Avenue Q, which, again, also has problems. Yeah. Avenue Q, a show that does not age well. It can. It, you gotta fix it. Yeah, I mean, okay, we're on a whole side yeah, tangent. Yeah, okay, we're moving on, we're moving on. <laughs> All right, top five films were, well, I'll get back to number five because that's what I want to talk about. Uh, number four, our favorite, Runaway Jury, then Radio, then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then radio? number one. Yeah. I love Radio. Oh, I don't know anything about it. Oh, it's it's Cuba Gooding Jr. playing, uh, I believe, a high school student with special needs that loves being around football. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then number one is Scary Movie 3. <laughs> I don't know the Scary Movie series that well. I don't think 3 was one of the good ones. Or was 3 one of the good ones? I remember liking 3. Okay. Because 3 parodied Green Mile. Mmm. Okay. And it parodied... I want to say Signs? I, it was... Oh, it was Signs! I did like 3. I was thinking 3 was 2. Yeah. And honestly, the big pull is the Leslie Nielsen being like the president and just being absolutely over the top ridiculous. I love Leslie Nielsen. He's so good. But then uh, we're new back to Mystic River, which was okay. on the list last week as yep. well. When the daughter, Emmy Rossum of ex con Jimmy Marcus, played by Sean Penn, is murdered, two of his childhood friends from the neighborhood are involved. Dave, Tim Robbins, a blue collar worker, was the latest person to see, last person to see her alive, while Sean, Kevin Bacon, a homicide detective is heading up the case. As Sean proceeds with his investigation, Jimmy conducts one of his own through neighborhood contacts. Eventually, Jimmy suspects Dave is the culprit and considers taking the law into his own hands. Oh. It's directed by Clint Eastwood. Oh, okay. Clint Eastwood movies are usually good. What do you think the rating is? I feel like I'm being tricked because it, has, it seems like it has everything going for it. Kevin Bacon, Clint Eastwood... I'm going to go with a rating of 84. 89. Okay. Both for audience and critic. It had the exact same rating. Nice. Yeah, pretty good. All right. You didn't fall for the trap. I didn't fall for the trap of my own <laughs> making. Making, yeah. Cool. Then, speaking of traps, let's get into the episode. Episode 7. What the? Part 1. Part 1. What? Okay. We can't talk about the title. The title is, is I, it, it serves its purpose. And it serves its purpose. It, with this kind of reveal, you don't want anything hinting at it. Correct. 
we talked about what you were expecting coming in. I was surprisingly close. You were close. Which is funny because I had forgotten that the next time on from the previous episode mm-hmm. talked about people coming back. Did it? It, it mentioned something about like a surprise from the previous contestants. Yeah, or a surprise like, from the past. Or yeah, like yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And I, I talked about it being, mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like they're going to do three tribes and not two. Well, <laughs> or the, not one. The thing that made me go, okay, how much does he know? Because it does show in the next time on the the challenge set mm-hmm. and there is the purple thing in the background yeah but i didn't know like i i did not know that they were going to be coming back to compete sure i thought it might be where i didn't think it was going to really involve the previous people at all i don't i i don't I, know. how would you know that there is yeah. no precedent for yeah, that yeah i didn't know anything yeah. i was just like i was trying to think of like okay if you were going to do you've already done the kidnapping mm-hmm. so what can you do when they expect a merge that is the opposite of that. And I was like, well, you split them up more. Okay. So that's not really what happened, but this is cool. This is cool. So we open the episode. Who the hell voted for Dude, me? Dude, Ru- okay. So I talked about it early in the season where I was like, Rupert clearly has temper problems. From episode one. Mm-hmm. It's like, Rupert clearly has temper problems and has done a lot of work on that. I, if I was on that beach, if I was Johnny Fairplay, which mm-hmm. you, but if I was Johnny Fairplay, I would have been legitimately frightened for my safety yes correct at one point rupert grabs johnny on the back of the neck and looks like he's about to hurt him and actually rupert in a confessional was like i wanted to take him by the neck and pop his head off and i'm like and he he doesn't be like no i'm like just hypothetically no he's like i literally wanted to kill him and he seems like he's drunk he seems like he's pretty drunk hmm that is a bad combination. Yes. And this is a, this is a, I don't know how it was viewed at the time, but like, this is a very dark side of Rupert that Correct. was not pleasing to him. I agree. Did not paint him in a good light. This, when, when, when I'm sitting there and empathizing and scared for Johnny Fairplay, you have crossed, you've, you've crossed a line. The moment that his hand goes on Johnny Fairplay's shoulder and he's like, touching him the line is very clearly crossed and he's getting right in his face yeah like we can't be doing that and i have to give johnny fairplay credit maybe it's just survival instincts Mm -hmm. he does he he stays very rational Mm -hmm. he talks him down Mm -hmm. he doesn't seem to hold a grudge maybe he does off camera but to us it doesn't seem like he does johnny fairplay de-escalates that like a champ to the point that he doesn't go home this episode. I know. So, I... There is there is a certain type of person that they're really good at fucking around and really good at getting out of the find out. Mm. This is probably not the first time Johnny Fairplay has had to walk back somebody very drunk and very angry at him. <laughs> and much bigger than him. Yeah. So then Johnny goes on to be like, I, I know we kind of came to an agreement, but like, he helped Morgan win that challenge and I never forgive or forget. And then later in the episode says, I hope Rupert forgave and forgets. <laughs> exactly. Just the dichotomy of that it, within one day. A single day. A single day. Is beautiful. So we start fresh. We hug it out. They're, they're, they're buds again. But Rupert also comes to us and is like, I don't believe a damn word he says anymore. Johnny Fairplay is also Johnny Pain in the Ass. Yeah, he's Johnny Payne in the ass That's now. a great line. Johnny Payne in the ass now. Now. Not up till this point. Yeah. Although, Sandra brings up something useful when him and John, uh, Sean get in this stupid-ass pissing match later. 
as long as it's not them. Like Sandra and Rupert, like there is a certain value in having a lightning rod. Uh huh. And oh boy, is he a lightning rod. Correct. As long as it's not you, let that happen. Yeah. Let them screw around. Let them be the problem. Yep. You're not in the way. The problem is right now he's your useful idiot, but does he stay your useful idiot? Mm. These are the questions. Mm hmm. All right. So over at Morgan, we can't fish for shit. We, this is crazy because they, Andrew talks about like, oh, the lack of protein is getting to us now. We're out of the fish that Rupert caught, which means that not only did Rupert turn around their tribe and win them a challenge, mm -hmm. the, the reward challenge, it's kind of implied that he has helped them win every challenge up till this point mm -hmm. because now they're starting to feel weak again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so like the tides are rough, so they can't really fish. But even later on in the episode, when they show the tide kind of back to normal, they still aren't very good at fishing. Is, does Rhino, like, not know what a spear is or how to use it? It's, it's tough where he's at, because he's trying to use the sling spear, like, above water into the shallow end, and it's not built for that. Sure, but even, like, he stabs the stingray. Yeah. And tries to pull straight up. Correct. So the spear just comes back out. Correct. He doesn't try to, like, dig it at an angle and, like, pick it up. He's... How can you... It looks like intentional incompetence. Like, it's, I, I just have a hard time believing a human can't figure out how physics works like that. It's surely not intentional incompetence. I know. It just looks like it. It's just incompetence. <laughs> so... Someone get Andrew a fish tank. An aquarium. Because he's just spending the whole time being like, Man, I... I can't even imagine having a fish. <laughs> if only oh, I had a fish. I would. I'd love that fish so good. <laughs> that made it sound like he's going to fuck yeah. the fish. Oh, well, maybe. Anyway. The shape of water. <laughs> anyway, they go on. They're just like, man, it's so hard right now. Austin has no energy. It's wearing on me being out here. <laughs> Austin's standing on the beach looking out at the ocean like... When will my husband return from the war? Kill me. <laughs> Do it. Take me out. And then they're just like, it's so hard right here. But you know what? Lil and uh, Skinny Ryan would have died out here. They would have perished. Hilarious. I, I love that setup. Because that uh -huh. was a setup that I'm like, I caught on. That's good. It's a good one. Yeah. I immediately thought of it once they showed the Outcast tribe. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff all around. We go back to Drake. Rupert doesn't want to merge yet. I I, I don't want to merge. Good news I is he's not gonna. Don't need a merge. It's gonna be bad. And yeah, so we're we're kind of dreading the merge, but other people are looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. And then we get tree mail. We're excited. Oh. We we want a big tree mail. I want to stop you real quick okay. for a couple of things before we get past it. It it is weird. I'm glad that our listeners told us about the offer that Jeff made of, like, switching tribes mm -hmm. because they reference it in the Johnny Fairplay Rupert conversation. Yeah. And without that, it would have gone over my head mm -hmm. where, because he, John references, like, Andrew saying anyone who comes over here will be voted out. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but, like, you probably wouldn't, Rupert. So it's weird that they didn't show us that. I know they cut it for time because it was inconsequential, but it's not inconsequential because yeah. it's in that following conversation. Anyway. It, it's weird that they cut that, but they didn't cut 
this section where they talk about it. Yeah, or cut both, or like, it doesn't... It, you could have done a really truncated version and removed one other confessional from the last episode. Like, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. And I, I want to talk about that moment again, even though it's off camera, because Andrew keeps... Andrew has gone way too tribal. He was being a very good leader, but now you've gone too far. Mm. Because you're going to merge. Yep. And you've now told everyone on the other side that if they jump ship to you, that they're on the bottom and that you're going to stab them the moment that you can. Mm -hmm. What incentive have you given any of them to fucking help you out past the merge? I I agree. I I think you're right. Does his tribalism and his absolutely unwillingness to work with anybody else does that put him at a in a bad spot post merge? Absolutely. Because what I th- my prediction of what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. jumping ahead a little bit. Jeff said that these people that are being brought in from the exile tribe or the the outcast tribe, mm-hmm. they cannot be voted for next tribal council. Correct. I think we're going to get one more tribal and then we're merging. Mm. I think that those, I think that then those, those two people are basically guaranteed to make the merge. I don't think you'd set them up to then be on that tribe, but Jeff's not going to say we're going to make them immune until the merge. Sure. I, so that's the timeline that makes sense to me. So then you have a five, five, or I guess a four, four Drake Morgan, and then two outcasts, mm-hmm. which side are the outcasts going to go to the side where the guy has loudly said, give them no power mm-hmm. and nobody can come over here. And you know, we're staying this really, really intensely knit tribe or to the side that will at least try to work with you. Hell, maybe you kick out Johnny Fairplay or I was gonna say Sean, Sean's gone now. Uh, maybe you kick out Johnny Fairplay to take both outcasts and then you pick people off one at a time until you're down to three or four Drakes and the two outcasts. Nice. I, th- I think all of that is valid. I That's a little too clean. I don't think it'll be that clean, mm-hmm. but clean. Think about the, the stage you've set for yourself, Andrew. No, he's he's about the team and only the team and fuck everybody else. Crazy that both... He forgets that this is a number game. Correct. Crazy that both Andrew and Rupert are that way, though. Yeah. And it might be a side effect as well of, like, challenges that are very, very physical and very intense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we get the tree mail. Everyone's super excited for a feast, a merge something, something big. You fools. They open it up and it's a key and a note. And the note says, hey, you're going here. If the other tribe gets it, it would be a painful blow. And I had to stop and write that down because they're not talking about Drake or Morgan. They're talking yeah. about the outcasts. Are players at this point naive to think that a clean merge is incoming? Because we have not had a clean merge since season two. Season six kind of did, but they tribe swapped first. Mm-hmm. Season five, Jeff said, well, I didn't say merge. The stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's very stupid. Season four, tribe swap. Mm-hmm. Season three, tribe swap. You've not had a tribe swap. You've had nothing except for the kidnapping. Are you? Is it a little naive at this point to expect a merge? <sighs> yes and no. Okay. I think you should expect something. You should expect some sort of a twist. But by all means, the merge time is here. Mm. And that whether you're on the same beach, whether something happens, you're expecting 
all will be one at some point here. Yeah, I suppose so. And I guess, like, what's the point in not being naive? Like, you can't, you're not going to predict what they're going to throw at you. Yeah. So I guess just hope. Yeah. Hope that it's food. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they, they show up to this challenge. We see three big cages, one Morgan, one Drake, and one purple. That's weird. <laughs> anyway. Which my first thought was I just didn't. I was like, oh, okay, so I don't understand what this... Like, I don't... I Looking at the cages, like, I don't understand what this challenge is going to be. They're going to need to explain it to yeah. me. Not a third tribe's going to walk in. You were very excited when the twist was revealed. So Jeff gets here. They're like, hey, you've made it this far. You've voted people out. It's been tough. But what if I were to tell you your past is back to haunt you? Bum, bum. And then the the outcasts, all six people who have been voted out, walk in. Skinny Ryan has dye jerks on his headband. It's so good. All of it hilarious. I am fascinated Mm -hmm. at what camp life has looked like for these people. Because I want to know more about what they said about the evidence of the outcast tribe being not planned. Mm -hmm. Because Jeff does go out of his way to mention we've kept them on limited rations. Correct. But he doesn't mention how they've been living. Correct. Because if you're living in a hotel room with limited rations... It's far different. Very, very different from camping with limited rations. Yes. And this is the only twist like this where we've seen someone come back, eligible to come back for the game. Yeah. And like you said, we don't really know if this was planned or if this was spur of the moment. And they're like, oh, we can do this. That would be interesting. Yeah. They they clearly had to have made that decision at some point. Sure, because they on. didn't ship people back home. <laughs> yes. So, would love to do more research on that. I have to wait until later on sure. to actually get that research, but... Well, don't... You, you wouldn't want to tell me until I wouldn't after want to part share two anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we, we set up this challenge. We're like, if the Outcast tribe, which are these six people, beat either of Drake or Morgan... They get to vote somebody back in. If they beat both of you, they get to vote two people back in. And you both will be going to tribal council to vote someone out. We're essentially doing a swapsies. So, did somebody sit out? I don't know. I wasn't looking close enough to, like, count the outcasts. Yeah, me either. And if they didn't, boy, did the show put their thumb on the scale for the, for the outcasts to win. Because it's not a challenge where... It's a challenge where more people does help you. Because, sure, you have to untie them, but... More people to get the stick, more people to support the stick, mm-hmm. and more people to get under, sure, but the first person to get under is really the one that you need, because they're the ones who are starting tying. So they've kept these people in who knows what kind of conditions, but we can assume better than the ones that they have at their own camp. Correct. Probably well, Just by the way Burton runs out, I would agree. Probably fed them more. They say rations. Mm-hmm. They say similar to your rations, but like, how are you measuring that? Probably not true, and would be made by a professional. That as well. Yeah, it's probably like the crew meals. Yeah. And they're fueled by the power of spite. <laughs> that is huge. That is huge. So I'm going to disagree a little bit. This is the one challenge that we've seen in a while that I think having an additional person would actually be a bit of a hindrance. It depends on where you put them. Mm-hmm. If you put them at the end... I think that is... If there was, that would be the only place they could have put them. I think that helps them. I don't. More hands to make the stick. Sure, but that was a small cage, and I don't know that... I don't know that you could have lined them all up to do a single line stick. Uh, sure. It could have gotten in the way. I, I see your point, where you're like, more hands make lighter work. But 
I don't... More hands would not help you reach the key. More hands wouldn't help you get through to the third section. Yeah. And they didn't use them for the first section where Burton just killed it. Bur- yeah, oh, Burton single-handedly wins this challenge. Yes. So, I think the two coming back are going to be probably Burton and Trish. Okay. I think Burton has a case of, like, I earned it. Like, I won this challenge. And I think Trish is, pro- Trish is probably the smartest. And I was kind of confused by her edit. Because I was like, are we doing... I was thinking about this today while I was editing that episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, are we just doing things... Like, now where some people get relegated to a single action. Mm-hmm. Where, like, we don't see them for so long. They do a single thing and then they're gone. And that's still a possibility. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense if she gets brought back. Would it... Assuming it's, like, a vote down tribal lines, then you would have two from the Drake tribe, then. Yeah. If you were to split it the other way, where you have one from Drake, one from Morgan, who would you take? It's a good question. The The show's editing makes me think it's Trish, but the actual politics of it make me think it would be Burton. Mm. And then Lil, Ryan, and Nicole... It's tough. It's tough. I mean, not Ryan. Not Ryan. Not Skinny Ryan. I don't think Skinny Ryan would come back if he had the opportunity. Mm. But he sends Lil. So he might vote Lil in. Mm. Okay. Mm. That's good math right there. <laughs> I'm excited to see how that plays out. Because voting for somebody when you can't vote for yourself is going to be very fast. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll leave that where we leave it. Anyway, the challenge happens... The three speedy big men all run out first to to grab the flag. And I thought it was very interesting that the flag was, like, stuck pretty deep. Because all three of them grabbed it and they're like, huh! Had to go, like, readjust themselves to pull it back out. That was yeah. funny to me. Burton gets an early lead and then they don't look back. Burton smash. Yeah. Burton smash. Drake gets ahead at one point and then their giant stick falls apart. I know. So we almost had a scenario to vote one person back in, which would have been very fascinating to me. I, I'm there's part of me that wants to believe that Survivor played this straight, but what does this do for TV if the Outcasts don't win over at least one tribe? Then it's a nothing. It's a nothing it's, burger. It's a nothing, and your episode is shot, and everything you've planned is shot. Well, then you just condense this into a single episode and don't do a double. I suppose so. Yeah. I just, I, 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 yeah, it's, you would have to frame it in a way that the people who are in the game would be so like triumphant defeating their, their demons in. That's true. Yeah. I guess if you just change the camera, yeah. change what story you're telling, then it could still work even if they lose. Cause the okay. way that it is right now, they're painting it to make it look like they are so bitter at these people who they've already voted out and they're like, yeah. they sh- don't deserve a chance. They shouldn't be here. Very fascinating. Hmm. Anyway, the outcasts beat both tribes and so they get to bring two back and both tribes have to go to tribal council. Jeff makes a moment to say, Drake, you're going first. Morgan, you're going second. Which, as we talk about later in the episode, was the wrong way to do that. Yes. So... We go back to Morgan, <laughs> and Andrew is being a little whiny piss baby. Yeah. He's like, they have no right to be here. Whoever they send back, we're, we're kicking them out the first opportunity we get. Very poor sportsmanship. Very poor sportsmanship and just bad strategy. Correct. It's not good to say you can't work with us 
to people when you're at a tie numbers game. Andrew seems mad at the game of Survivor for changing the rules. I mean, he's a lawyer, right? Like, sure. Rules are what you live and die by as a lawyer. And so, yeah, I could see him being kind of pissed, but I will say, and I, Johnny Fairplay continues to be a point of reference, that sort of live and let live, like, I'm going to play my game, you play your Survivor, you do what you got to do to me, I'm going to do whatever I can to come out on top, even though Johnny Fairplay's pretty pissed about it too. Yeah is a much healthier attitude for a game like this. You have to be flexible, and we are at the seventh season. Like, yeah. It's not like this is the first time they've ever thrown a twist in there. Right, yeah. So you, you got to be able to roll with the punches here. And he, he has very consistently made it obvious that he doesn't want to work with anybody outside of the people that he's already working with. Yeah. And, I mean, even way back in episode one and two... When things weren't going so well for him, it was the same deal. Like yep. you were on the outside, you're gone. I'm I'm sorry, you're gone. Yeah, I will apologize to your face and then vote you out, but you're gone. I mean, admittedly, those were the people that were bad at the challenges. Yes. And they were losing every single challenge, so Correct. not like those were bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Tawana goes on to say that Andrew's a little too comfortable here. Andrew is playing the leader, and I don't know that. I like that so much. Yeah. And we don't get anything beyond that because Austin goes on <sighs> a big old... This is him walking off into the sunset for 20 minutes of the last episode. I am over Austin. And I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> Everyone's over Austin. Jeff's over Austin. I he's, he's weak. And like, I said it a couple times, it feels like he came to, to play a game that he would dominate. Mm -hmm. And at the first like first hint of adversity he crumbled and anytime he hits a wall he just wants to take his ball and go home yeah he saw it on tv went this looks easy and then it wasn't and he's like uh and he talked about want, trying like he, he wants to win clean as like it's this good thing and i'm like no that just means that you don't know how to pick yourself back up sure and I agree with his tribe. It's mental. Yeah. He goes on to say, he's like, I don't deserve to win. Vote me out. Like, everyone gives hugs. We're, we've already relegated to what's going to happen here. Yeah. And then we go to Drake, which is the opposite, where nothing is settled. And my my favorite part about this is we've just done that. And then Sandra's like, anybody want to leave? Anybody? Raise your hand. Anyone? <laughs> No? No? All right, fine. And Rupert's, like, blowing on the fire. He's like, did anyone raise their hand? <laughs> did, anyone, did anyone do it? They, I, I wanted to bring up one small logistical thing I noticed in this episode. There's this stupid argument over coconuts earlier that we skipped over. Oh, um, yes. With Sean and Johnny Fairplay, because they just fucking hate each other. It, they hate each other's guts. That is the setup for later on in the episode. But they talk about, like, we're leaving for the challenge in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, cool, well, let's have them give these pitches now. We leave in five minutes. And Parker's like, how do you keep track of time? You don't. You rely on production to tell you, all right, we're leaving soon. Sure, yeah, the camera, like, cool, five minutes, we gotta go, mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Mm. Oh, so fascinating. And that's what makes that argument just even more like, okay, well, we're either gonna make it or we're not, and they make it into a huge deal. Both of them do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I. These two are fucking idiots. They, they are just so at odds and they're willing to like 
they don't like each other. They clearly don't like each other no. and they don't work well together. So every time they get an opportunity, they're going to take it to just go off. They have bickered every single episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Except for the episode where Sean thought Johnny was with him on the vote when mm-hmm. Rupert went away. So the other three see this and they're like, all right, well, who are we going to take? Who are we going to vote off? What if we make them do a little dance for us and tell them why the other person deserves in open forum right here, right now? And they do. They do. I will say Sandra sets a good ground rule, and I think this actually is a beneficial discussion. When you're down to that few people, mm-hmm. they know the three of them are going to stick together. It's like, tell us. Don't yell at each other. Yep. Don't talk to each other. Tell us why you should stay. Very good. Very, yeah. very therapisty. Sure. Yeah. Or like arbitration-y. Yeah. So yeah, they they talk a little bit. Honestly, their points, they echo in Tribal, so yeah. I'm just going to leave it. Then they go to Tribal. We open Tribal. Tribal number one. Yeah. And Rupert's like, two days in a row. We've been here two days in a row. I cannot believe it. And that is weird. It is weird. It is very... Other than the end of the game, we have not seen that before. Yeah. And... We're just talking. Sandra's like, I won't be surprised if he comes back to camp. And Jeff's like, who? Burton? He's like, Burton! Burton. Burton. <laughs> so the, the, she's completely decided Burton's coming back. We know he's coming back. I think he might be. I don't know. The show puts so much emphasis on it that like it feels like he is. Sure. And I do think that the outcast will be like, yeah, you fucking destroyed that challenge for yes. us. Yeah. And Sean's like, Johnny isn't loyal. Johnny's like, I work harder. Yada, yada, yada. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, Johnny, except Johnny does start his argument both times with, I'm I'm the loyalist person to Drake. And you he didn't even believe the words coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Everybody, Johnny, just be who you are. Everybody knows that you are here for Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. Now, there is an advantage in people knowing that. And I want to get your opinion. Do you think that they, that, Sean was the person who should have gone home. I don't know. If if you're in the mentality of a merge, mm-hmm. and you can trust that you are going tribe strong. Yeah, I mean, I guess who do you trust more? Do you trust Sean or Johnny Fairplay? If you're going solely on trust, you take Sean. I don't agree. Really? Now listen, I don't trust Johnny Fairplay, and I would not trust Johnny Fairplay. Okay. But... Johnny, for all of the chaos that he is, mm-hmm. is predictable. Mm-hmm. You know what his motives are. Mm-hmm. You know what goal he's going to be working towards. You have no fucking clue what Sean's doing. Yeah. I would. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And that's really what it is. Yeah. And they, they decide to side with Johnny Fairplay. The other thing is, do you... You're in Rupert, you're in Sandra, you're in Krista's spot. Who do you think is more likely to be accepted by the Morgans if they try to flip? Sean mm. or Johnny Fairplay? I mean, Sean, 100%. Yeah. Because as we've established, Andrew hates Johnny Fairplay. Correct. And I don't know if they know that, but like they know Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. They kind of know Andrew. They saw like they saw Andrew's grandstanding of like, well, if you mutiny over here, we'll vote you out first. Mm-hmm. you think those two guys are getting along? No. Probably not. And I, mm, part of me, I, 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 you're right. I wish they would show us that because I feel like that is important context. It's so important. <sighs> okay. Anyway, Sean gets voted out. 
Sean is gone. He does not come back ever again. Oh, I also want to say, I didn't notice it till this episode. Johnny Fairplay signs all of his votes. He does. That's fucking stupid. You can never lie about who you voted for. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Sean doesn't come back. Sean is done with this game. For real this time. Okay. I swear. <laughs> he... He goes on to, he is a founder for a, an advertising group called Universal Media, which is only slightly confusing with Universal, <laughs> Universal Studios. Studios. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just looking at his Instagram here, dude looks like a model still. So wow, prop, props to him. He's I'm surprised that got life. past trademark because like the whole point of trademarks is like, so that it's not confusing to mm-hmm. consumers. Yeah. I would be confused. The website is Universal Media US. All right. So, it's redundant, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, Sean's doing his thing. He's clearly doing well. And that's that's all. People would, would be excited for him to come back, but he has not come back so far. Hmm. Yeah, Sean's interesting to me. I don't know how he would do. I do think his range of outcomes is much smaller than some of the other ones. Like, mm-hmm. I think Trish, last episode, I, I talked about, like, I think Trish could do pretty well. But I think Trish's range of outcomes is all over the board. I can see her making a Final Four. I can see her being a first boot. Because she is going, like, from the little bit we saw of her, she's not afraid to make a move. But she's also not, like, the strongest person on a tribe. She's yeah. not the best at the challenges, all of that. Sean seems pretty bad at the challenges for a guy who's so big and so strong which yeah. is crazy to me yeah they should have just got rid of sean and kept burton but burton's also obnoxious and a dick burton was the one scheming yeah correct but he also has like at least some loyalty in some game sense i feel like he's always in this range not always but i think if you simulate a season with him in it 10 times eight out of 10 times he he's like towards the end of the tribal voting or the beginning of the merge voting I agree. Yeah. I think that's a good spot. So that happens. And then we have to go to another tribal. Another tribal. So we get to tribal two, and it's a weird tribal because we, everyone knows how this is going. Yeah. Austin has given up. So this whole conversation is just Jeff railing and digging into Austin. Like he does not let up and he has to be like i'm not i'm not picking on you i'm just but you I, are i'm baffled you are picking on you are picking and on. that's there's also a certain level of that that is okay mm-hmm. this is the first official quit that we see correct this is the first official quit because he does not they don't vote nope and jeff goes out of his way to make a ceremony of it yeah they set down his torch next to the fire and just like lay it down he chose to do this yeah, and I do think this the show benefits from this being the first quit because it's not like Austin's on death's door. It's not like he's, at least to us, and it could be editing. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm giving the show too much credit. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's struggling any more than anybody else out there. He just thought the show was going to be something different from what it was and was a bad sport about it and wasn't mentally prepared for it. And I kind of agree with what Jeff said, that, like, too many people work too hard to get on the show and work mm-hmm. too hard when they're there to stay there. Now, like, compare this to, like, Shauna, who got held hostage, like, or Jenna, when she was like, hey, maybe I should be the one to go home. Like, those people were, like, visibly unwell. Shauna, <laughs> Shauna bounced back. But at the time, you look at them and you're like, 
yeah, you're you're not doing so great. Yeah. Austin from like day one was like, or I guess like day two was like, oh, this is harder than I thought it would be. I guess I'll just quit. Yeah. So Austin also does not come back. Yeah. Which is not shocking, but I want to be like hesitant here because there is some conversation that Austin was more ill than the show let on. That And that that was the one caveat I was kind of leaving there. The only reason I wasn't even putting more into that is because his tribe also seems to not believe mm-hmm. that. But I'm interested to hear what you what you dug up. So I there isn't confirmation on this. I am just browsing through a couple Reddit threads and a, a, a couple people have stated that he was riddled with staph infections and lost oh. 40 pounds in 18 days. Oh my God. So... That being said, it's entirely his fault for selling his clothes. That too. That, that was that was the biggest mistake he made was selling his clothes on day one. But he was more miserable than probably we let on. I shouldn't say that he was more miserable than the camera showed us, and especially because what the the infections that you're mentioning, yeah. if they if they existed, were not visible. I can't confirm because I there's also like there's an interview with Jeff Probst about Austin quitting and about how Jeff was angry that Austin quits. Yeah, he's visibly angry at that tribal. He was so upset. Like, I'm not saying the tribe has spoken. you got to earn that line. And creator Mark Burnett said, fine, don't say it. So I need to... uh, So I said, per your wishes, go home. And I remember going home Hmm. and thinking, that was so clever, Probst. (laughs) Nobody loves Jeff more than Jeff. Yeah. Unfortunately for Austin, he was the first. And because he was really fit, muscular guy... He took even more guff. Yeah, that is true. I mean, sure. I I, I don't want to just side with the show and be like, oh, Austin's weak. And obviously, even the stuff we see in the beginning is the show. what the show is showing us. Mm-hmm. But Tawana's words are not kind. No. No. <laughs> Andrew's words are not kind. And it, if this if this had if this had started a couple of days before he quits, I would be I would give that more weight. But he gives up so early. Correct. And that's that in lies the problem, is that he tries quitting very early and then, like, rallies and then goes until he just can't anymore. Had this been, like, a three days, oh, my God, my body's shutting down, like, I can't do this anymore, you're right. The public opinion would be completely different. Maybe. He is also... He is also so big and so fit. I don't know mm-hmm. that people would give him the benefit of the doubt. What Survivor needs to do, and I hope they do, is show us, or if you don't have, have medical. Like, if somebody has fucking staph infections, yeah, you've got to give them antibiotics. Yeah. Like, I don't want people kick. I don't want people leaving the game because of illness. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, they, they have to leave the show because the illness has just gotten too bad, mm-hmm. or you're allergic to the malaria medication. But it's a weird situation. That's what this person's saying. Like, had he not quit, he probably would have been medevaced. And I don't think it should go to that point either. I also, if that is all true, Austin did a terrible job of making his case. Yeah. He talked about it all very, like, ambiguously. We're like, I mean, hell, the first time he tries to quit, he's talking about pneumonia. And we're like, what are mm-hmm. you talking about? <laughs> he, Yeah, he is also very, like, paranoid about his body. Sure. So... And that's a level of self, like, you have to have that level of self-awareness 
to not don't go on the show. Like if you're somebody that that is concerned about your health, this is not the show for you. His preservation instinct gets in the way of him playing this show. Yeah. Which is is tough. Okay. Another person said Rhino and Savage have both said he had 6 to 7 staph infections. That's wild. Yeah. So, I don't know a lot about staph infections, but I know they're not good. No. No good. Well, then that's that's cr- then why are you why are you both out there dogging him in tribal? I don't think they knew at the time. I don't think oh. anybody knew at the time. Got it. Okay. Because clearly, like, he still looks very physically fit. Sure. He looks like he could go and win the holding things up challenge yeah. right now. But I think that's 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 an internal thing. I, I don't know much about staph infections, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I know you can have them externally, I think, but his might be internal. I feel like it's... You need, like, blood and thing. Like, it needs, inherently needs to be on the inside. Oh, okay. To be, I, know that. I mean, once you get those infections on the outside, then you're like, ah, it, the air is going to, like, sure. I can clean that out. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Oh, well, doesn't matter. Anyway, how do you think he does in Future Survivor? <laughs> Without staph infections? Yeah. No, I, I, still, I still don't think very well. I don't think that he should be on the show, and or should have been on the show in the first place. Like, infections... Aside, he still wasn't in the right headspace. Yeah. He was distraught from the very first challenge they lost. He I don't think I don't think he developed those infections that early when he wanted to quit the first time. Maybe he was starting to, maybe he just wasn't feeling well. Uh, yeah. I, I it's it he's hard to rate because I don't think he has the mental fortitude. Yeah. Who's your protagonist of the episode? You know there's two people in between, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Burton. Ooh, okay. I just think for that, someone who doesn't speak very much in this episode, that's at all. interesting. But he like the other the other contender was Johnny Fairplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole premise of this entire episode is based on that challenge, and I think Burton wins that challenge. I agree. So cool. And and everything every other storyline after that is the fallout from that. <laughs> Yay! Uh, can't wait for next episode. That'll be fun. It took Burton getting voted off and then trying to come back for him to finally be the protagonist of an episode. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't think he was previously. Maybe oh, he was. Maybe the episode he tried to fuck around. That, that's fair. Cool. Then anything else you'd like to say before we end this episode? The sun is a deadly laser. The sun is a deadly laser. Bumper. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turnback Time podcast. I love twists. Sometimes. Twist. Sometimes. I like some twists. Most of the time I like twists. Sometimes they're <laughs> dumb. And we acknowledge that they are dumb. But, oh well. You gotta throw some things at the wall sometimes, Jared. Yes. This, this was a good one. Oh, I'm okay with twists that don't work. As yeah. long as they don't bring, do them again. Fair. Well, <laughs> yeah. Survivor has a problem with that sometimes. Well, and I'm okay with the one we're named after happening in two seasons because they were shot literally back to back before they could get any feedback on them. So sure. But I don't know why you would do that twice. Yeah. I mean, I also don't know, but say lovey. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Anything you'd like to promote? I would like to promote being in the right mental headspace for the things you are signing up for. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about Austin and I do feel bad that he was sick, but I'm just remembering like episode one where he's like pulling out like, three half gallons of liquor 
as his personal item and yeah. for a photo shoot. And like, come on, man. Hilarious. <laughs> but no, like, I think it's, I think sometimes we think we uh, should take more time to think through the potential consequences and ramifications and follow through needed to do the things that we want to do. Yeah. All right. I'm going to promote more of a concept, really. The concept of that one song that is on when you shuffle your music, but you're not going to skip it because it's a bop. You wouldn't actively pick this song, but it's a bop. Mm. For me today, that was Celebration by Cool and the Gang. It just seemed like such a summer bop as I'm driving down and I'm like... Come on! Like, yeah, it was a good bop. I love that. It made me feel good. That's would I matters. would I pick that song when driving? No. No. But here we are. Mm. Neat. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Remember, your enemies might come back to haunt you. <gasps> no.